Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we open in prayer and get to Gary Ka, I would like to just share a quick scripture with you. And this would be John 14, verses 1 through 3. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you also will be. Father, thank you for giving us another day, for waking us up today. That is a sign of your mercies that are new every morning, just the fact that we can awaken and for most of us who are able to get out of bed and you keep our heart beating and we can see and hear. Thank you for those of us that have all of our senses and relatively good health. We try not to take that for granted. And we know, God, that uh, you have a purpose for us, members of the body of Christ. We are your children, and we are not here just to take care of our own lives, our own selves, but we are here for you. So help us, God, to live, to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and help us to keep Jesus as he did, Lord, uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Help us to continue to press on and look ahead that we might persevere no matter what happens in our country and in the world. We know that you are with us because you promised us. Thank you, God, for your presence in our lives and for giving us the Holy Spirit. We trust you. We ask that you give us wisdom and help us to understand the times we are living in. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's guest, Gary Ka, is back with us, founder and director of Hope for the World, a writer, researcher, and expert on globalism and exposing the New World Order agenda. And we'll do a little bit more of that today with Gary. Thank you so much, Gary, for coming back on Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Hey, David, it's always good to be with you. Yes, thank th you. Thank you so much. Good to have you on at the end of the year so we can get some perspective looking back and as we look ahead to what the new year may bring, which might cause us to speculate to some degree. But um, you are in our best of 2020 podcasts, uh, Pastors and Patriots. And the segment we did, the podcast we did with you a couple months ago was called Deep Trouble for the U.S., if God doesn't intervene. And you said if the current downward spiral of sin and chaos continues, our days as a free nation are numbered. And you said that without the direct intervention of God, we are sunk. So from that podcast, really nothing's changed, but now we have just new information and new headlines from the nation and around the world, right? That's right. Of course, uh, we've had the election since then. Um, there's as much turmoil and controversy now as, as ever with uh, everything that went on in that election. Um, if, if we can't have a, a fair national election anymore, then all bets are off for the future, you know. And, and so um, what to do about that, that's the big question now. And that's something the Trump administration is mulling over. And, and um, it seems like um, everybody wants to move on. Um, and say, well, let's just let Harris and Biden in, um, even though in all likelihood Trump got several million more votes than they did, if you, if you factor in all the fraud and, and unbelievable things that mm -hmm. took place. Um, if I'm not mistaken, last I heard uh, a couple weeks ago in Pennsylvania alone, there were a few hundred more ballots that came in that were turned in than that were ever mailed out. Yes, and, and, I mean, just crazy stuff like that that's so blatant, and, and, you know, that just can't be allowed to continue. I mean, if we're a constitutional republic, then the bad players who are doing these illegal activities, they need to be prosecuted and put in jail so that this doesn't happen again. And if Trump does step down, it probably it would be the end of um, any resistance to at least enough to, to do anything about it. So, you know, th that's what we're facing on, on the one end. On the other end... Um, if um, Trump does 
stand firm and does not concede. Um, we can expect quite a bit of uh, violence to start up on the left, as we saw during the summer, and probably go way beyond what we saw a few months ago. And it could easily turn into something beyond civil unrest to, yep. to even civil war. So, you know, not facing good options at this point, no matter what's done, there's going to be stiff resistance from one side or the other. And, and um, I think some of the foreign players understand this, uh, uh, some of the globalists. And if their goal is to help bring the United States down, you know, they're rubbing their hands together right now because they're they're probably thinking, how are they... How's the U.S. going to get out of this one? We've got them in a corner. Yes. So, Something you said, I just really want to emphasize the fact that it seems like almost every week, multiple times a week maybe, we are finding out new information on what happened in the 2020 November election, which last month. We're we're finding things about servers, about mail-in ballots. We're finding things about dead people voting. We're finding things that so many different discrepancies, so many anomalies. And what you just said, that in one of the swing states, Pennsylvania, there were more mail-in ballots that were returned that actually went out. The average open-minded, fair-thinking person would say, how is this possible? But Gary, and I don't mean to ask you to speculate on what millions of people are thinking. I don't mean Democrats. Let's just say people in the middle. Let's just say independent people. Let's just say the average American wanting to move on and get this over with. I understand the unsettling feeling when we don't have a president-elect, so to speak, and we don't know what's going to happen within, you know, in January 20. But why do you think, is it crisis fatigue that's causing so many people to just say, you know what, I don't care about the amount of fraud, I just want to move on? I think that's part of it, and I think part of it is a failure to realize how how big this moment really is. Mm. Um, that if if, uh, if socialists come in, um, as a friend of mine said, you only vote for socialism once. Uh, you, you think about that, and, you, mm. and you'll get the meaning of that of that uh, uh, sentence of that phrase. Um, if socialists come in. They take control. They don't allow any fair elections after that point. We've seen that time and time again around the world. And so it's not just a case of moving on, but it's a case of needing to understand that if this takes place, if the Harris-Biden administration comes in, probably we're not ever going to go back to how it was. Things are going to continue to deteriorate in a major, major way. Uh, We're looking at uh, draconian uh, measures taken on COVID, uh, complete lockdowns, things that we haven't seen to this point mm-hmm. that will permanently change our lives. And they will use that to manipulate everything politically uh, to take on more and more power. They could stack the Supreme Court with mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, more liberal players, um, although right now it almost looks like they might not have to do that because I think, in my opinion, there's not as much backbone uh, in the Supreme Court as there needs to be to take a stand when they need to take a stand. So things are already falling falling in line for socialists as it is. If they end up with the House, the Senate, and the presidency, you can forget it. I mean, America will never be the same again. And so the temptation is for people to want to move on and just see it, well, it's just another day. But what they don't realize is those days add up. Over 100 days, 200 days, major changes occur. And four years from now, um, we will be a completely different nation. I can guarantee you that if if the Harris-Biden administration get in. So a lot is at stake. And people are tired. You know, they've seen all the violence this summer. A lot of people are afraid that it might spread out into the suburbs and places that have been up till now unaffected. And... Um, and so there is a, a, a lot to consider, but wimping out isn't isn't the option. Exactly. Um, so, especially for church leaders and pastors, we've got to be on our game. We've got to be. Uh, we we can't be ignoring and avoiding the headlines, the truth of what's happening, the evil that is upon us, and potentially about to overtake us. Uh, Gary, I'm sure you heard about that letter that was sent to warn President Trump from a Catholic bishop, and one of the things he mentioned in that letter is to look out for how they are using COVID-19. And in fact, he mentioned, I believe in that letter, that they're going to use 
COVID-21 and Bill Gates is behind this and others. What do you know about that? And is, is that a fair warning uh, to the president? Uh, yes, actually, that warning came from Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganio. Yes. And um, he sent a letter to the president back in June uh, to warn him at that time that there would be an all-out assault, uh, really a battle being fought between good and evil forces taking shape behind the scenes leading up to the election. And then he sent President Trump an open letter on October 25th, just a few days before the election. And it's quite telling. In fact, we just we just completed our winter issue, and it's getting ready to go out. And and uh, the electronic version has gone out. We've got extensive qu- quotes from that letter in there. And um, I I had to read it twice when I first read it. There there's so much in there. He talks about the the great reset that's being planned. Yep. He reveals uh, what's going on inside the that va- va- inside the Vatican and what the current pope is doing. One of his statements, I'll quote him from his letter, he says, As is now clear, the one who occupies the chair of Peter has betrayed his role from the very beginning in order to defend and promote the globalist ideology supporting the agenda of the deep church who chose him from its ranks. So that's, you know, that's a big statement coming from a a Catholic insider himself. He realizes how uh, the church at its highest levels, the Church of Rome, is is completely on board with this one-world agenda. Uh, he goes on. Let me just share here a, a little bit more of, of uh, his quotes sure. from, from his letter. He says, uh, to President Trump, he says, Around you are gathered with faith and courage those who consider you the final garrison against the world dictatorship. The alternative is to vote for a person who is manipulated by the deep state, gravely compromised by scandals and corruption, who will do to the United States what Jorge Bergoglio, that's Pope Francis's actual name, is doing to the church, what Prime Minister Conte is doing to Italy, President Macron to France, Prime Minister Sanchez to Spain, and so on. The blackmailable nature of Joe Biden, just like that of the prelates of the Vatican's magic circle, will expose him to be used unscrupulously, allowing illegitimate powers to interfere in both domestic politics as well as international balances. It is obvious that those who manipulate him already have someone worse than him ready with whom they will replace him as soon as the opportunity arises. Again, what's amazing is he wrote all this before the election as as, as a warning. And when you see Harris in there with Biden, you know how they managed to get her on the ticket. Um, and I, I warned people two and a half years ago that she was the choice. That's who the socialists really wanted in. But she blew the debates and, and sank in the polls, but they still managed to get her on the ticket. Now yep. she's one heartbeat away from the presidency. And um, I mean, that's how, how this works. These people are dead serious. They are as committed or more committed to a, a socialist uh, uh, international agenda, David, than most Christians are committed to Christ. Exactly. I'm glad you put it that way. It sounds provocative. But the the left will not relent on their agenda. They are committed. Look at what they have done and what they have used this year in 2020. And I want to emphasize the fact Kamala Harris is, we've been talking about this for so long, a hardcore liberal socialist who is extremely and entirely dedicated to the climate change pro-UN one world agenda. I think, Gary, you would agree with that statement, but a lot of our listeners are going, well, wait a minute, why didn't we know anything about her until all of a sudden she's on the, the VP ticket with Biden? Yeah, she, I, I don't know if there's one area uh, of her political life where she's the least bit conservative. I mean, we're talking about, she did in fact have the most liberal far left uh, voting record of any senator. And, and that's not, uh, you know, propaganda I'm speaking. That's a fact. Yes. So it's like, how do we end up getting these presidents who aren't even close to being in the middle? They're as far left as possible. It was the same way with Obama when he got in. He, at that time, had the most liberal voting record. And uh, in, in Harris's case, she's to the left of Bernie Sanders, and, and she's just going to be one step away from the presidency unless a miracle happens in the next few weeks. Um, and back to, to, to the letter we were talking about from the Archbishop. In his letter, he warned President Trump about the coming Great Reset. And um, 
by the way, um, that was being planned for late January um, through the World Economic Forum, which first really coined that term in a big way through Klaus Schwab, their director. Um, he uh, mentioned it publicly, I think, for the first time in June. At least that's when it began to get traction and people started talking about the Great Reset. Well, they were supposed to have a meeting in, in Switzerland in late January, but they postponed that till May. So now the, the release date officially for their, the launching of, of their Great Reset is supposed to be uh, in May. Uh, with that little bit of background information, let me now quote just a little bit more from the letter. Sure. Uh, he said, a global plan called the Great Reset is underway. Its architect is a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms and those of entire populations. In several nations, this plan has already been approved and financed. In others, it is still in an early stage. Behind the world leaders who are the accomplices and executors of this infernal project, there are unscrupulous characters who finance the World Economic Forum and Event 201, promoting their agenda. The purpose of the Great Reset is the imposition of a health dictatorship aiming at the imposition of libertacidal measures hidden behind tempting promises of ensuring a universal income and canceling individual debt. The price of these concessions from the International Monetary Fund will be the renunciation of private property and adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21 promoted by Bill Gates with the collaboration of the main pharmaceutical groups. Beyond the enormous economic interests that motivate the promoters of the Great Reset, the imposition of the vaccination will be accompanied by the requirement of a health passport and a digital ID with the consequent contact tracing of the population of the entire world. Those who do not accept these measures will be confined in detention camps or placed under house arrest, and all their assets will be confiscated, end quote. Now, again, this is coming from an insider, yes. and this letter went to President Trump. So if President Trump wasn't aware of these intentions before, he, he would be now. I, I believe he, he's fully aware of this. And so I'm sure this also weighs heavily on him because he, he probably realizes that if he concedes and steps down, this is going to move forward, and it's going to come in quickly. Uh, the archbishop mentioned that much of this is scheduled to um, move forward much more rapidly. Well, I'll quote him directly. He says, Mr. President, I imagine that you are already aware that in some countries the Great Reset will be activated between the end of this year and the first trimester of 2021. For this purpose, further lockdowns are planned, which will be officially justified by a supposed second and third wave of the pandemic. And, and he goes on from there. So it, I think it's hard for us as Christians sometimes to, to really grasp the fact that this kind of evil exists yes. and that there really are conspiracies. You know, when everybody in the media... You know, you say anything, oh, another conspiracy theory. Well, some of them are. I mean, people come up with the craziest stuff. But then there's the real thing. And we are in a spiritual battle. And, you know, Satan, Lucifer, conspired against God with a third of the angels. And that's what started the whole mess, and eventually the fall of mankind when he conspired against God with, with Adam and Eve. And so really, uh, honestly, if you study the Word... Uh, history is full of one gigantic conspiracy. It's a spiritual battle waged by Satan against us, against God, uh, trying to take down as many of us as he can with him. And it's all about where we're going to spend eternity. Are we going to be duped into following Satan's agenda and his plan and, and reject God, or are we going to choose God? And as history has moved forward, there have been uh, smaller conspiracies that are part of this, uh, part of, of, of Satan's effort to take over the world, uh, to have a single global government administration so that he can try to force people into worshiping. It's not enough that he's trying to get people voluntarily uh, to follow him through deception, but those that he can't get through that type of deception, he hopes to force them into uh, loyalty to him. And that's what this push toward 
uh, one world government is ultimately all about. And that's why it's not a coincidence that so many of the higher levels of this movement to establish one worldism, you know, one world political, economic, and religious system, are in fact heavily involved in the occult, in Eastern mysticism, some in, in just blatant Satanism. And we need to be aware of that as as Christians. Yes. This, is, this is for all the marbles. This is a big battle we're involved in. Yes, and you've got an article, Gary, A Nation at War, Almost, which we'll get to on the other side of this break when we come back with Gary Ka on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Gary Kaw, and we are talking about really what's uh, ahead in 2021. Um, Franklin Graham, in a recent article he wrote, said, Will you join me in praying? He's asking Americans to pray that God might still perform a miracle at the midnight hour. And he reminded us that God's power is without limits. Um, Newt Gingrich says, I write this in genuine sorrow because I think we are headed toward a serious, bitter struggle in America. This extraordinary, coordinated four-year power grab threatens the fabric of our country and the freedom of every American. Gary, if someone would have said this maybe four years ago, I think maybe the average American and maybe even the majority would say, I understand the, the thought behind that, but it's a little grandiose and uh, sensational and over-exaggerated. But now, uh, not so much. And uh, many of us have been trying to sound the alarm, as you have for many, many years. You've researched and written about this. You're very familiar with what the U.N. has been involved in doing and their thoughts about what they would like to see in America. You've got an article, A Nation at War, dot, 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 almost. And most of us understand that we are divided nations, sadly, in many ways. And now the left is dividing us into groups. Um, but one of the things, and you can share whatever you want as far as um, bullet points from that. You talk about increasing tensions. You talk about um, the COVID manipulation, which I think a lot of us have been shut down when we try to share stats, just basic numbers of whether it's deaths or percentages or, uh, you know, who gets the virus, who's the most vulnerable, um, where this happens in the country and, and compared to other countries. People don't want to hear that information. They just want to believe what they were told back in March or April. But you mentioned an article, Sweden, the one chart that matters uh, that came out. And I would love for you just to share some things to our listeners that most of whom are already on the same page as we are. But how can we better articulate this to people in our sphere of influence? What's really going on? Yeah, first of all, I would encourage uh, people to go online uh, to our website and uh, read that article. I have posted it. It's called A Nation at War, dot, 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 almost. It was written right before the election, uh, but there was some uh, uh, information in there uh, in a follow-up article after my lead article that dealt with the COVID manipulation and also Bill Gates' involvement uh, up to this point and other vaccines that he has sponsored overseas and, and how those have gone those uh, experiments, if you want to call them that. Uh, and people really need to be aware of, of this because it equips them to be able to um, make a case. So our, our website is uh, garykaw.org. That's G-A-R-Y-K-A-H dot O-R-G. Uh, and on the right side of our homepage, you'll see articles that you can click on. And also we have an archive section there where you can go back. But uh, take some time to read that article and the information on the um, COVID manipulation. So let me, with that uh, said, let me share some things um, about Sweden. What what Sweden did, and normally they're they're a fairly progressive nation, and they tend towards socialism. But mm -hmm. in in this instance, they bucked the tide, <laughs> and they've taken a ton of heat for doing so because their scientists said this is the wrong way to go about it. This isn't going to help anything. Um, so Sweden implemented a policy uh, that was both conventional. And, and sensible. They recommended that people maintain a safe distance between each other. Um, they um, uh, really allowed young people in the low-risk category to circulate quite freely. 
Um, they, meanwhile, isolated the elderly and those with pre-existing conditions who are most vulnerable, but they didn't do a complete shutdown like what we've seen in New York and, and California and other places like that. And uh, this is what happened as a result, the kind of heat that they took. Um, and this is all from U.S. headlines, which is interesting. Yes. These are U.S. media commenting on Sweden and, and totally uh, not, not going with, with the truth at all, but, but making statements that are very misleading. I'll just give you a few examples. This one's from CBS. Sweden becomes an example of how not to handle COVID-19. Um, uh, here's a statement from, I think this was University of Virginia newsroom, U of V newsroom, says lack of lockdown increases COVID-19 deaths in Sweden. Um, the New York Times, Sweden has become the world's cautionary tale. Uh, Forbes, Sweden stayed open and more people died of COVID-19. But the real reason may be something darker. Hmm. USA Today. Sweden hoped hard immunity would curb COVID-19. Don't do what we did. It's not working. Uh, and, it, and it just goes on. Uh, Newsweek, Sweden COVID-19 deaths linked to failure to lockdown as country prepares for a second wave. Well, all these are misleading statements because, yes, the death rate did go up because of COVID, uh, but it wasn't because of how they responded. Their death rate ended up being lower than most of the other countries of the world who went on complete lockdown. And so there was a comparison chart that was done in this article that I um, uh, quoted in, in, in my article, um, which was called the COVID manipulation, by the way. Um, and he, here are some, some details. Uh, Sweden compares quite well to poorly governed states in the U.S. with similar sized population, uh, populations. So in Sweden, that had no lockdown and has a population of just over 10 million. They had about 5,600 coronavirus deaths at the time of, of this article. Meanwhile, lockdown state number one, New York, with a focus just on New York City, a population of 8.3 million, they had 32,000 coronavirus deaths. So let that sink in. Wow. 8.3 million people, 32,000 deaths. Sweden... 5,600 deaths with 10 million population. Uh, so they fared way, way better. Lockdown state number two, New Jersey, population of 9.2 million. So pretty comparable to Sweden's 10 million. They had 15,600 deaths compared to 5,600 from Sweden, three times as many. And it goes on. But the corrupt media won't tell you that. They just say COVID-19 uh, deaths went up because of how Sweden handled it. Well, yeah, it went up. It's gone up in every country in yes. the world, right? But compare it to the, to the states and countries with the lockdowns, and they actually fared pretty well. So wait a minute, so, Gary. Are, are you telling us that the media is not sharing the truth? They're not telling the whole story? Yeah, I know that's really hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> I'm telling you. It, it, but when you look at, at who runs... Uh, much of the media, these people belong to the same globalist organizations yes, consistently. Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations, um, the World Economic Forum, all these organizations pushing for global government, they belong to them. And, and it's like a big country club that has decided they're all going to agree on the same agenda and push for it and do whatever it takes to get it done. And some of these people have convinced themselves they're doing the right thing, that this is going to bring about world peace and world unity. Uh, but if they do believe that, they're gravely mistaken. Uh, because if you have a global government, our system of checks and balances in the current world order go out the window. Uh, you know, where are you going to run to if there's a world government and it's corrupt? There's no place left because we're all going to be under the same global administration. Yeah. Then you consider taxes. This global government has to be funded somehow, so look at yet an additional layer of taxes that, that will be uh, you know, levied against us and, and the other people of the world. And then you have to look at who those are who are leading the charge on this, because that gives you a good idea of where this global system of government will go once it's in place. And these people across the board are strongly anti-Bible-believing Christians and anti-conservative Jews, 
And that sounds a lot like World War II to me and Adolf Hitler. And my parents went through all that. So I know, I grew up hearing their stories. My father fleeing from the Nazis and the communists in Croatia. And my mother growing up under Hitler in Germany. Mm. And it's interesting, the first generation Americans like myself are often the ones who take the strongest stand because they're not as far removed from something terrible that happened, you know, where their parents came from. And that can happen again in this country, but many people just think, don't think it can happen here in the U.S. because somehow we're immune from it. But I'll tell you what, history repeats itself, yes. and it repeats itself largely because people do not learn the lessons from history. And then by the time they catch on and are finally willing to take a stand, it's too late. And we're right, we're right there at that, at that moment, unless there is a rapid awakening in this country and people take a stand, it, it, it's, we're, we're not too far away from, from this battle at, being over. And just to wrap up this section on the COVID manipulation in, in your article on the lockdowns comparing the U.S. to what Sweden did, you say only one in seven people will contract the virus regardless of their exposure. A greater portion of the population have natural immunity and COVID-19 obviously is not the black plague. It means that the idiot lockdowns did not prevent new cases and deaths, but merely postponed them to a later date. And then to wrap it up, Sweden was on the right track from the beginning. But of course, the media would never report that. Of course, they're going along with the lockdowns. And Gary, I'm not sure that some in the media, us wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt, some in the media are just following the orders of their bosses, but they don't know exactly why they're going along with this, what it seems like a global plan that just doesn't make sense for America. No, I agree. I mean, people have different motives in this. Some just follow the leader and do yes. what they're, they're told and just see a small sliver of the overall plan and, and the consequences um, that will result from uh, where we're going as a society. Um, others are totally committed to this agenda, and they're out there regularly arguing in favor of it, writing books and position papers supporting it. And I would say for the most part, uh, the higher-ups in the media fall into that category. They're completely sold out to this thing and, and are willing to plot and scheme and do whatever is necessary uh, to bring it about, because in their minds, the ends justifies the means. And so... Um, by the way, I want to give credit to a lot of these statistics I just quoted. The source was Mike Whitney, and he wrote an article called Sweden, the one chart that matters. Mm -hmm. And so people can look that up, or they can uh, also read the excerpts, like I said, in, in, in my article. Um, but, you know, some of, the, some of the people in the media have to be aware of the results of, of some of the Gates-sponsored vaccines mm -hmm. that have been underway even prior to the uh, current COVID vaccinations being developed. And I, I had a second article called COVID Vaccines and Bill Gates that lays out uh, some of the things that have gone terribly wrong overseas. And, and I mean, you need to look at this and just, it, it, it's almost unbelievable, quite, quite frankly. Well, uh, but there's a case be, before India's Supreme Court right now involving uh, one of the vaccines uh, funded in part by the Gates Foundation, uh, developed by GlaxoSmithKline, uh, approximately 1,200 people, um, well, there were 23, it says uh, uh, these vaccines were used on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1,200 of those suffered severe side effects. Oh. And that's a big percentage. What wow. is that? What, uh, 6 or 7%, something like that including autoimmune and fertility disorders. Seven died. Indian government investigations charged that Gates-funded researchers committed pervasive ethical violations, pressuring vulnerable village girls into the trial, bullying, bullying their parents, forging consent forms, and refusing medical care to the injured girls. Now, this is the case that, uh, uh, as of a couple months ago when I wrote the article, was before the uh, Supreme Court of India. Then in, in 2010, uh, the Gates Foundation funded a phase three trial of GlaxoSmithKline's experimental malaria vaccine, killing 151 African infants 
and causing serious adverse effects, including paralysis, seizure, and uh, convulsions to over 1,000 of the 5,900 children. So here you're looking at like, what's 17, 18%. Wow. Um, so this isn't just a, a fraction of 1%. These are big numbers. Yes. Um, and I just want to go through a couple more of these also in 2010. By the way, 2010 was a big year. That's when the Gates Foundation announced that they would be giving, I believe it was $10 billion in aid to the World Health Organization uh, to promote vaccines globally. And that's when he stated, we are going to make this the decade of vaccines, can which you, he certainly has done. Can you believe that? Can you? That, yeah. that is just amazing, almost prophetic that he said that, and now we have COVID. We must make this a, the decade of vaccines. And then I know there's information on Gavi, the Global Alliance of Vaccines and Immunizations. Share about that. Well, yeah, that also is a, a Gates-funded uh, organization. He gave, if, if uh, I remember the numbers, there's so many facts and figures I'm trying to remember, <laughs> but I think uh, he gave $750 million in the form of a grant to that organization to help launch it. Right. And so for all practical purposes, Gavi is also a Gates organization, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, so they have really just gone all out in the last 10 years, largely behind the scenes without much... Um, uh, public awareness of it, but now it's becoming uh, open because of you know what we're dealing with with the COVID uh, situation. But in in 2010, Gates said in a, a TED talk that new vaccines could reduce population. And four years later, in 2014, Kenya's Catholic Doctors Association accused the World Health Organization of chemically sterilizing millions of unwilling Kenyan women with a tetanus vaccine campaign. Independent independent labs found a sterility formula in every vaccine that they tested. After denying the charges initially, the World Health Organization finally admitted that it had been developing the sterility vaccines for over a decade. Similar accusations have come from Tanzania, Nicaragua, Mexico, and the Philippines. So we're talking about some sinister stuff here. Yes. And the common denominator consistently funding-wise has been uh, Gates and his his, uh, foundations. So I don't know how much of this he is completely aware of and is complicit in, but we just know that his money is supporting vaccines overseas that have had very, very bad Results And now we're supposed to believe that all these vaccines that are being thrust upon the American people, that they're all going to have good results, Mm. you know, and everything's going to be fine and dandy, even though top scientists will tell you that we will not know the full effects from these vaccines that are being introduced right now for at least one and a half to two years. Some say three to four years. And so maybe that's one reason why the mad rush to get everybody vaccinated before people can realize the, the full uh, impact of these vaccines down the road. We, we've gotten a glimpse at some of that. There all, have already been several people that had very um, uh, dire results that they that they face. Some of them life threatening from these vaccines in just the first uh, couple of weeks. So I, I I have urged people that I know and family members not to take these vaccines. For one thing, they're not necessary. There are proven therapeutics including hydroxychloroquine, and another one that um, I just wrote this down. Let me see if I can, if I can find the name of it. Um, ivermectin. Ivermectin. Mm. This is a repurposed drug that has been brought out to the forefront that is even more effective than hydroxychloroquine. And you've got over 90% of people uh, treated with, with those two uh, who come through everything just fine. In fact, there's a doctor in Texas that has treated over 400 COVID patients with hydroxychloroquine, has not yet lost one patient. But the, the um, companies and the World Health Organization pushing for these vaccines, they don't want people to know that because if there are therapeutic drugs available that can solve this crisis, then their vaccines are useless and there's not a need for them, but they want the vaccines. And so we have to ask then, why do they want these vaccines? Well, one is the money, the enormous amount of money they're going to make from this, uh, because there will be one vaccine after another. This isn't the end of it. See? Right. This is just the beginning. Uh, but beyond that, 
there's a, a bigger narrative driving all of this. They want to control the entire world population through these vaccines. Yes, we've got to take a break, Gary, but I want to make that clear. We've gone from vaccines now to population control. They work hand in hand. More with Gary Kaw when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Gary Kaw, Hope For The World. And we will post this article in today's podcast at StandUpForTheTruth.com. His article, A Nation At War, Almost. <laughs> um, you have a new article coming out before we got back on air here, and, and I want to continue the conversation about the importance of people understanding, for whatever reasons, it's godless, this agenda, about environmental, quote, justice, uh, climate change. They are now trying to control the population, seeing, you know, their conclusion is that man is the problem on Earth. Too many people. So tell, tell us what you just shared about something coming out in your new article about the doctors that are brave enough to tell the truth. Yeah, I would strongly recommend people check out a couple of websites. Um, one of them is americasfrontlinedoctors.com. These are doctors who are posing the, the vaccines, or at least are saying people should have the freedom to choose. And they are also offering uh, preventative therapeutics on this um, uh, against uh, COVID, uh, hydroxychloroquine and also ivermectin uh, that I mentioned before the break. That's a repurposed drug. Um, uh, these taken preventatively uh, are, are amazing, and I would contend even after uh, uh, catching this virus, the COVID virus, if you take these early enough, there, there's an incredible success rate with them that we do not need these vaccines. That's something that we're being lied to about. They, they want us to believe we need these vaccines for ulterior motives, that they are uh, uh, an ulterior agenda that they're pushing upon us. Um, but please go to americasfrontlinedoctors.com and also stopmedicaldiscrimination.org. Those are key. And that was brought forth in a Daystar TV uh, one-hour expose of the COVID vaccines that aired on December 15th. So maybe you can go... And, uh, and still view that program where uh, several doctors were interviewed. And um, so we need to be aware of that because we're just getting one narrative through the mass media, and it's the same thing. We have to get these vaccines. Everybody has to have them, uh, you know, or else the world's going to come to an end, basically. And, and uh, when, in fact, there are I, I call them cures. I believe these are, are working effectively enough, these uh, two drugs, that you could classify them as cures. I, I would say they have over a 90% success rate if taken the first few days after someone contracts COVID. Uh, but you're not going to hear that through the mass media. No, not at all. Um, Gary, let's continue on this. By the way, we're going to put that link also, AmericasFrontlineDoctors.com. I know that video they put out in October where they were doing a press conference in front of the Supreme Court. That got censored by yep. big tech and a lot of media outlets because they weren't following, they weren't obedient to the global agenda and what's been happening here from the left, what they're pushing. Um, going back to there's an underlying movement, and we talked about this, people that really see man as the problem. It's a godless uh, you know, man wants to be God, right? So God is out of the picture. So now we have to decide how to manage things. So their solution to real or perceived climate change and world, you know, issues with, with weather patterns and everything else, it's because of man. All this, the problems are because of man. That's their big movement. And so the reasonable solution to them is less people. Um, you mentioned this sterility vaccine, which a lot of us hadn't heard about because why they, you know, basically use it on people in Africa. Take that and transition to the, just this agenda behind what they're doing. Going back to I, in your article, Bill Gates' father was on the board of Planned Parenthood. Most of us didn't know that. Yes. Uh, in, in fact, I, I, I wrote, I'm just going to quote my paragraph because I can't <laughs> say it more succinctly. This was from my COVID vaccines and Bill Gates article. I said, is it possible that we are misinterpreting Gates's intentions and that he is really just a nice, wonderful billionaire who wants to use his vast wealth to help save humankind? I try to give people the benefit of the doubt whenever I can. 
However, the Gates family has a long history of supporting eugenics. In fact, Bill Gates' father was on the board of Planned Parenthood, the abortion provider founded by Margaret Sanger on racist principles and eugenics. Bill himself has been supportive of the same organization and over the years has called for drastic reductions in the human population of the planet. Now, we are supposed to believe that he has suddenly committed himself to saving billions of lives? This seems more like an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. And it's true. You know, you look at people that have have been supporting population control for years and years, and now supposedly they're on the cutting edge of uh, wanting to save all of humankind. That's a conflict of interest. I mean, that it can't be both ways. So what's really going on here? Then you look at at some of these vaccines that they've been involved in developing and all the people dying from them. Um, Some of them, uh, you know, apparently purposefully developed to sterilize uh, young people. And um, earlier, when I went through some of that list, there were others. There, here's a, a DTP vaccine. A, a 2017 study showed that the World Health Organization's popular DTP vaccine was killing more African children than the diseases it prevents. Wow. That's amazing. DTP vaccinated girls suffered 10 times the death rate of children who had not yet received the vaccine. The World Health Organization refused to recall the lethal vaccine, which it forces upon tens of millions of African children annually. And this is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s article. He's been out there really speaking out against uh, some of these vaccines. He, by the way, is the son of of Bobby Kennedy, um, who, of course, was the brother of JFK. And and so um, I wouldn't agree politically on everything that where he's coming from, but he has really taken a strong stand and documented things well uh, regarding the involvement of of some of these organizations, um, uh, from you know Gavi to the World Economic Forum, the Gates Foundation. He really hones in on Gates, though. He, yes. He's really been beating that uh, drum because of the consequences of these vaccines all over the world. People need to know about this. But we don't hear about it. The media doesn't report on that. Most of us haven't heard about deaths in other countries from vaccines. No, we haven't. And and again, that's because the media is driving the same narrative. They belong to the same groups as some of the top pharmaceutical company heads and uh, political globalists and some of the Vatican insiders. And I mean, these people are pushing the same agenda. Um, just another statement here. Uh, this, again, came from uh, Kennedy's article that I quoted in mine. Global public health advocates around the world accuse Gates of steering World Health Organization's agenda away from the projects that are proven to curb, to curb infectious diseases, such as clean water, hygiene, nutrition, and economic development. The Gates Foundation spends only about $650 million of its $5 billion budget on these areas. They say he has diverted agency resources to serve his personal philosophy that good health only comes in a syringe. So I don't know about that (laughs) statement, but that's what what some are saying. But still, you only have, what, about 12, 13 percent of of the budget, uh, the Gates Foundation uh, budget, going to things that really are proven to work. Instead, they're pushing the vaccines. Gary, let's make another connection. We only have four more minutes left um, with Dr. Fauci and Joe Biden. But first, the more you see the left and hear them talk about a mandatory coronavirus vaccine card, the more we need to ask ourselves, why are they opposed to a, to mandatory voter ID? You know what I mean? It's like there's such this this, this complete contradiction. So they're opposed to mandatory vaccines, but they think voter ID is racist. But according to your article, the Washington Times uh, said that Dr. Anthony Fauci serves as a member of the Leadership Council for the Global Vaccine Action Plan developed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the WHO, UNICEF, and Fauci's own organization that calls for a decade of vaccines. And Joe Biden is on board with this. That's right. Uh, Fauci should have been disqualified right from the beginning. I think a lot of people didn't realize no. how deep his ties are into the deep state. <clears throat> and, you know, he's got very close alliances with, with uh, the Gates Foundation. So you have a lot of big money being thrown around, pushing these vaccines, um, 
private interests that have made enormous amounts of money off of these vaccines already, and we're just getting started. Isn't that a you know, conflict this of interest? Thing. This is going to be the, the big one. And, and, and so th- I believe there's a big conflict of interest yes. there. And, um, I, you know, I, the Trump administration, I think, has done their level best, given everything that's been thrown at them. <laughs> Uh, Trump initially, you know, he was trying to promote hydroxychloroquine, if you remember. And boy, did they shoot that down. And when you have the entire medical establishment standing against you, eventually you have to back down or else you look like an idiot because Mm -hmm. they quote all these scientific terms and everything and twist everything around to uh, make it look like they're right and their agenda. And the next thing you know, you're moving, you know, you're moving forward. Um, But Trump himself benefited from the therapeutics. He was out of the hospital in, what, three days and back, you know, working 20-hour days within a week. And he had COVID. Uh, yeah. And and so that, that gives you an example that we don't need these vaccines. But we're going to keep hearing this, and, and so we're just going to have to stand firm against it. Yes, and americasfrontlinedoctors.com, they address hydroxychloroquine, they address masks, and so many other issues relating to COVID. Gary Kaw, uh, in the minute we have remaining here, I would just love for you to just point our audience in the right direction as we head into 2021? Well, we, we need the Lord. We need the Lord, period. And we need His divine intervention. And I, I just hope and pray that God, in His mercy, is still willing uh, to intervene at this point, that He hasn't said, well, America's gone too far, there's been so much sin and decadence, I'm going to let this play out, lift my uh, protective covering from the country. I, I hope that's not the case. So we need to intercede and, and plead with the Lord to give us more time, because people are waking up. It's still just a remnant, but it's a, a rapidly growing remnant now that is catching on to what is going on. And so I'm, I'm praying regularly, Lord, uh, allow us more time to wake up and to yes. come into your truth and protect us in the meantime and give us discernment, unprecedented discernment, because we as believers need that more than anything right now. Amen. Discernment, wisdom, and uh, continue to, to feed our faith and not our fears as we go into the new year. Gary Cox, exactly. God bless you, brother. Thank you for your research, your perspective, and keep fighting the good fight of faith, brother. Thank you. See you next year. <laughs> Thank you, David. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know what's on for the rest of this week on Stand Up For The Truth. Don't go anywhere. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. And then it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Verse 9, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him, there is no lack of anything. That's just a couple uh, great verses on Psalm 34. Okay, one more. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are toward their cry for help. Well, a lot of information there from Gary Kaw, Hope for the World, and I know it can be heavy at times to deal with these things, but we need to be informed and understand what's coming and the reasons behind it so we can be discerning and understand what's going on. Uh, but I want to point you again to our Best of 2020 podcasts, um, our Pastors and Patriots on God and Government. It is on the website, Stand Up for the Truth. Pastors and Patriots, Best 2020 Podcasts. Uh, Gary Kaz on there, so many others. Uh, Thursday, John Haller is going to wrap up the year with us and do a year in review. Uh, John Haller, prophecy uh, expert, he's on there as well. And uh, tomorrow you'll hear from Trevor Loudon, an expert on Marxism and communism and so much information. Take in what you can. Surrender it to the Lord. Don't take this weight on your shoulders. It's not our burden to bear. But we are here for such a time as this, my brother and sister. So God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.